This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works, as always, for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And I have a wonderful guest, a person I've had the pleasure of being on stage with. We did It's Only a Play, and now you're doing Murder on the Nile. Oh. Lewis Schilling. Lewis, mm-hmm. how are you doing? I'm great. Where's Murder on the Nile? Coastal Rep, is that right? Actually, Egypt. No way. <laughs> oh. Coastal Rep. Really? You're going all the way down there? Yeah. Well, I live in the city, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And is that is that Half Moon Bay? Yes. Okay, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, um, one of their directors I've connected with recently, and I'm like, I think that could, if you pay me enough, I'll make that commute. Sure. <laughs> they don't pay enough. Yeah. Well, well I'm that's, been, that's been a recurring no thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lewis, thank you so much for. I mean, it's ten in the morning here on Saturday, and uh, we're glad that you're accommodating us. And yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk more about you and your career and what you're doing and how the Bay Area Theater Life is treating you as I begin all of our podcasts. Norman, how, how are you doing? Happy pre-birthday. Your birthday, birthday will be Wednesday. Will be Wednesday. I'm flying out Wednesday to go see my stepfather, who is apparently still in the hospital. Oh, no. And if he listened to this podcast, he would be mad that I'm telling the world that, but he doesn't. Well, you care um, about him, yeah. Oh, I care about him deeply. Um, but it's just been a crazy month of him in and out. Um, so I'm, I'm going down to see for myself. And then family. Oh, family, please make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Communicate with your family and let them know how you want things to be dealt with. And set up a chain of command for who has the story on what's going on. Because... They've had these group messages going back and forth, and it's just been nerve-wracking. In fact, my sister, my niece, bought a ticket for her mother and flew her down there immediately. And it's like, well, we don't know what's going on. He was in, and then he was out, and then he's back in. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just go flying. What do you expect somebody to stop what they're doing? They're dealing with an emergency, and they need to stop and accommodate you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, because uh, I've, I've gone through this with my dad a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Dad is one of those, this, it's this generation, I don't know if it's uh, the boomers or, I can't even say the hey, gen- greatest I'm generation anymore, where it's like, hey, I'm a man, you know, I don't need to oh, tell right. anyone yes, that right. I'm going to the hospital. I don't need to go to a hospital, it's only a bruise, you know. Well, and I think it's, it's partly, you know, the getting older thing. Uh, yeah. People don't want... Any, and feel free to jump in at any time. Oh, um, sure. People don't want somebody to take away their autonomy. People don't. Right. They want to have their independence. So when it becomes a family conversation, then people start saying, well, what should we do? And if it's you, mm-hmm. you're like, um, I'm, y'all can go talk amongst yourself. I'm deciding what happens to me. Yeah. I think that's the, the number one yeah. thing for him. And when emergencies happen, like my dad had a... Um, still some sort of internal bleeding going on mm-hmm. and he basically called my sister who was sort of the, cl- sort of the closest saying hey listen i don't want to interrupt you but i'm in a hospital right now i'm in icu <laughs> and and of course my sister freaked out it's like whoa right. you know what's going on and of course there was a conversation of why didn't you tell us something right. was happening right so that we can prepare yeah and it's uh, lewis do you go through any of this stuff i don't know if you have family oh, yeah. members who are still living 
like mom or dad or anything like that? Yeah, my parents both have passed in mm. the past four years, maybe. Wow. And uh, there's some fi- family dynamics going on there with my brother and sister. Yeah. Um, especially after COVID, we have differing opinions. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. About yeah. vax, not vax. Right. What a, what a shame. Yeah, and that's been a recurring conversation with my family. Like, you know, my dad is very, very conscientious about, hey, you need to be vaccinated and all that sort of stuff. Oh, and and he lives with my with his sister, my mm-hmm. aunt, who brings in, who's very gregarious. I mean, she's an yeah. ordained minister, so she'll always bring in people. Oh, come in, baby. You know, let me take care right. of you and all that yeah. stuff. And that's like, hey, are these people vaccinated or not? So there's that going that on. Tension. So it's... It's one of those things, and of course, all of it comes under the the um, the umbrella of love. You know, people just family. care, right? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I know. We have conversations that if we you would didn't never give a damn, have. then you wouldn't have a conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So exactly. that's been going on. Um, we are meeting early because I have a rehearsal this afternoon uh, for a piece called "Home" by George Saunders, one of America's like contemporary, um, mm-hmm. amazing writers, fiction writers. Yeah. What, um, what company? Word for word. Oh, word for word. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is the piece that you're about to go to in... I, I don't know if we're publicly supposed to say anything oh, about n- this. Oh, never yes, mind. But shut we're, we're, but, keep yes. shut. <laughs> Hopefully this show is going to France. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, in the spring. Yeah. Um, but and it'll our, be his second trip to France. It'll be my second time with them, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's a gorgeous... Word for word, if you don't know word for word, they do. Um, there are no scripts. Everything is based on literature. Uh, usually short stories, sometimes extended poems, um, and... They even do a thing they call opening the book, where they might do the first chapter or two of a book in their style, because they translate it, they uh, adapt it to the stage. So that's what we're working on. We worked on yesterday, last night, and then we will work on again this afternoon. Yeah. Just figuring out, you know, where we are, how do we communicate to the audience what's going on. Yeah. And all of it is about trying to stay within the author's voice. Yeah. So, so home is basically about family. Is that what it's? Home is. Uh, it was written in like 2011, and it was about a returning vet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really it. It he's coming home, and home is mm. not what he expected. Ah. <laughs> and yet, there is so much about home that for us is kind of like really, you know, you kind of do that dog thing. Huh? <laughs> but. Um, but he, there's so much that he does, that's the way things were, so he's very comfortable with that. Yeah. And yeah, you were asking before if it was uh, back to the way things were, the Mind Troop show. Mm-hmm. No, but it's the same stage manager, and we're using the Mind <laughs> Troop space for rehearsal. Hey, so why not? I'm going back to the same place I've spent the whole summer in, which uh-huh. is fantastic. Um, and then Monday, I'm doing Monday Night Playground. Yeah, that's right. That's so I hope you'll back up be again. able to make it out this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or if not, you can always stream it. They they do a live streaming um, yeah. when the show happens. Yeah, Bridget Dutta Portman, who has been on the show a couple of times, she has a piece mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm really encouraging, especially you're, you've been in for a season. Yeah. But, um, those new writers, and, and we have a few new actors, mm-hmm. I'm encouraging all those folks to come out. Um, so you can get a sense of what it is because it's hard to describe. It really is more of a hybrid than a staged reading. We barely do any costume. We barely do any props. But we do try to stage it as much as possible. And, you know, simple pieces, you know, we won't build a set, but we might put a rehearsal block in or a chair, you know, or even a ladder if that's helpful in terms, in terms of telling the story. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm directing a piece. Um, it translates to English as The Broken Faces, but the title is written in French. Ah. <laughs> and the playwright and I haven't had a chance to talk about why yet, but... Okay. Um, it's one... Oh, uh, yeah. No, I was... I, I was in love with the piece. I was advocating for the piece, and so I'm happy that I'm directing the piece. And then, yeah, a couple of days later, I jump on a plane and I go away for a week. <laughs> nice, nice, very, very nice. There's been some uh, current events uh, going on, some serious stuff, some not so serious stuff. Sasheen Littlefeather, do you know who yeah. she is? Yes. Well, she was in the news because the Academy apologized exactly. to her. Exactly. And luckily, she was alive to accept the apology. Yeah, that was barely a month ago. They apologized to her, and then bang. Wow. Yeah, and for those who don't know, um, she was the one who accepted the uh, Oscar. Well, no, not accepted the Oscar for Best Actor. This is Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando mm-hmm. sent her in as a representative for him right. to talk about the you know Native Americans. Their portrayal, the way they're treated in America, exactly. and their portrayal in film and TV. You know, back in the day in the Westerns, you know, the Indian was always the one who was getting killed. And, you know, basically, it's almost like a blackface of Native Americans. And mm-hmm. she was pointing out that and the, the voracious backlash that she got. I mean, there's rumors that there's a report that, um, who was it? Um, John Wayne tried to attack her. While she was on stage. <laughs> right. They, and they keep telling the story and saying, and six security guys had to stop him. I'm like, <laughs> I wish they'd lose that part. That is so the Academy. Like, yeah. that has got to be frustrating. He's so tough the that six people had to. Six. Old ass man. Six <laughs> people had to. Please. I'm, I'm sure one of them security good dudes could have taken him down. Yeah. But career-wise, no, because you know all the security dudes have agents, and they're hoping that they're going to get their shot. You're not going to touch Mr. Wayne mm-hmm. unless you actually have to. So there's a rumor, I don't know if you heard this, that Cal Shakes is going out of business. I saw this post from Robert Estes, huh. and someone else says, well, no, they're not going out of business. They're changing their, I don't know, their, um, their well, business Eric, model. Eric had said he was stepping down, so okay. the artistic director had announced already that he was stepping down. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. There was an article a couple of um, months ago mm-hmm. about, and as a matter of fact, uh, Katya Rivera was in the article about associate directors or executive directors or artistic directors of major Bay Area theaters leaving. Um, they also mentioned John Tracy. So there's something going on in Bay Area theater. Well, John Tracy left. It, it, it's the way it's being spun, the way the story is being told. And if you have opinions or thoughts about this, at any time, feel free to jump in. Um, but um, the way it's being spun, and the John Tracy is a great example. Mm-hmm. John Tracy said, okay, we've got this organization that's been around for decades mm-hmm. and has been doing, you know, recognized wonderful work. And that's true. Theater First, great company. Yeah. Um, under his leadership, they changed the model because, you know, we were starting to have these conversations about the living document and diversity and right. equity. And... We couldn't help but look at the organization that we are and say, you know, as a theater company, the, that whole idea of the show must go on and everything else is, must be sacrificed to the needs of, you know, art, um, has created a very, in some ways, very toxic environment. And John Tracy said, I don't want to continue in that model, so we're going to invite other people to be in the conversation. When he took over, they immediately, one of the first things they did, before everybody, everybody else is doing this now, they're, char- they're paying actors by the hour. 
Mm -hmm. for your time. Yeah. A lot of companies Mm -hmm. are doing that now. In fact, the thing I'm doing right now, because it's a reading, they're paying us by the hour. Well, that's the AB5 effect, right? But even before AB5, John Tracy had already come up with that. Which is good. Because the Bay Area and other places, you know, Mm -hmm. folks that are talking about green economies and things like that are saying... We can't have like a green economy, you know, i.e. climate and no pollution without going, oh, this should also be fair and, you know, treat everybody Right, exactly. So he started encouraging other people to be a part of the leadership team there. Yeah. And then once it looked like there were enough folks involved in that, Mm -hmm. he stepped away. Yeah. I think what's happening with Cal Shakes is the opposite end of the spectrum. Cal Shakes, like a lot of theater, has been kind of an elitist thing. You know, people who can afford to do theater do it. Mm. You know, um, the show I did at Maskers where they said, oh, we have an actor who's driving a thousand. He's going to spend a thousand dollars on his commute to get back and forth. And I was like, so that would take somebody who has a thousand dollars that they can just spend on your theater company. Yeah. Lewis, let me let me ask you this question, because there are a lot of folks who are like, well, if you're involved in community theater, you can't expect to make money, you know, just do it for the fun of it or whatever. But then there are those like me who feel, hey, listen, if I'm going to take time off of my schedule, mm-hmm. you know, I could be doing other shows or whatever, at least compensate me for me getting there or me taking away, you know, saying no. Every time I say yes to a show, I'm saying no to a bunch of other shows right. that could potentially pay me more. Do you think it's fair or do you think it's ridiculous, this whole, I need to be compensated fairly as an actor? I think it's fair. Yeah. Um, in the old days, mm-hmm. we never got compensated. Right. And it's yeah. nice that theaters are now recognizing that they should compensate their actors. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's, I think in the Cal Shakes model, Cal Shakes exists mm-hmm. because at a certain point, somebody with money and influence yeah. got in and got rich people to throw money in to help lift that company up. Yeah. And, you know, and that that got them to where they were. Because when they started off, they were a bunch of hippies. They were really a bunch of old sure. hippies. Sure. Um, it was Berkeley Shakes. They were a bunch of old hippies. Mm. And then as um, they started to become a little more corporate structure, mm-hmm. then <clears throat> folks who actually knew people who would throw down a few thousand dollars yeah. to help each production. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Eric had quite those connections. You know, those same kind of... You know, you can't throw a fundraiser and expect somebody to throw down $10,000. Yeah, you have to have those connections. I've always felt that if you don't have the money, don't produce a show. You know, don't just... Well, but people always will. And that's where we get into this sticky place of... And then they will ask you to do it for free. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a young kid coming out of school and you don't have anything on your resume, sure, that's fine. But you can be an old fuck who is (laughs) really good at talking people into doing stuff, but... When you meet me, I'm going to say, how much are you paying? Right. Oh, nothing. Thanks for calling <laughs> me. I, go, I appreciate you thinking yeah. about me. And when you get some money, yeah, because it's the thing that always bothers me in these conversations mm-hmm. is, are these people doing it in places where there's no rent or mortgage? No. Right. So they're paying something every month for that. Do exactly. they have working phones, lights, water? That's exactly Do right. Do they pay for all that? That's so exactly right. So it's not that they have no money. They just don't want to spend any money on you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's and exactly right. And at that right. point, you have to go, wow, wait, y'all spent extra money to get this special uniform that looks exactly like the Civil War. It's, you know, replication. Right. You spent more money on that uniform than you spent on the whole cast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I don't know that I need to be in that show. Right. And one last bit on this. I just did, I talked about um, Bendelstiff. <clears throat> You know, oh. in Idalase's world famous Lechon, and I was talking to someone saying, Listen, I've done three, I've actually done four shows or productions this year. Mm-hmm. I'd made more on N.A. Dalase than the other three combined. Right. Because Oliver Saria, before he even announced he was doing it, did fundraisers, collected the money, yep. got the people. Yep. And then said, hey, I'm ready to do this. And that's the way it has to be done. And this right. is respect. You know. Okay, so, so there's that. Um, a funny story, <laughs> to mm. end it on a funny bit. A Florida man missing after trying to jet ski to the Bahamas. Florida man. <laughs> the minute I said Florida, I knew you were going to <laughs> I'm not reaction. the only one. There are a lot of radio programs where as soon as they just say Florida man, it's like, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, tell us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, you weren't here last week. Uh, we had Jeannie. Eugenie. Yeah. And Raysa. That's right. Yeah. She was very thrilled. She came to my house after. Did she? I had finished my bike ride. Oh, Jeannie did. Jeannie yes, did. Yes, yes, yes. I finished my bike ride. I did a birthday bike ride. Yeah. And uh, I finished my bike ride, and I'm headed home, and all of a sudden there's this phone call from a number I don't know. I don't have her cell phone number. And she says, hey, um, where are you? And I said, I'm on the road. And who are you? Where are you? <laughs> um, are you heading to Ikea? Because that's where we usually meet after the ride. Yeah. And I told her that. And she said, no, I'm in front of your house. And I said, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> so we ended up hanging out. Yeah, and no, that was, was fun. she was thrilled that she got to meet Raysa. Yeah, now that was, that was awesome. But we were talking about, because I wanted to get your t- take on this. So Ron DeSanto sends a bunch of immigrants. Yep. From Florida, and of course the Texas governor does the same thing, yep. to Martha's Vineyard, just before Hurricane Ike, or Ida. Right, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I, I, the irony, I think, yeah. is just rich, you know. Oh, people are pointing to it, because DeSantis apparently has a $12 million fund that he's going to use for this yeah. effort. Yeah. And yet, as has been pointed out, if you were just saying this is an issue of immigration, and that you're overtaxed. Number one, you went to Texas and got people, put them on a plane, and sent them to Martha's yeah. Vineyard. <laughs> and got a Latino woman to yep. be the number one. They found one. her. Yeah. Uh, so these aren't even people coming into your state, one. Two, your argument is you're sending them to the sanctuary cities. But again, if you're worried about immigration, why wouldn't you contact somebody and tell them that you're doing this well, so this they can prepare move. for it? This is a troll move. It totally was. It was a total troll move. And Lewis, I'll ask you this before we get into an origin story for you because it's really about you. Yeah. <laughs> but we get into these uh, these these current events because I think that theater reflects what's happening in today's oh, world. Oh, doesn't it? But we have this. We have Herschel Walker and his hypocrisy on. You know, I'm against ab- I'm against abortion unless you're my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, and I don't know you, but then you had another had another child by me, which I tried to get you to abort, and you said no. Right. But I don't know you. Yeah. So, so the question I have for you, are you surprised at the toxicity? You know, Trump has been out of office for two years, a, a year, has it been a year, two years now? Almost. 2020, 20, yeah. two years now. Yeah. But yet, the polarity is still there. I mean, does that shock you or does it not shock you at it all? It doesn't shock me. <laughs> These days? These yeah. days, anything, you know. Yeah. And we've yeah. gotten so past the word unprecedented. Every time somebody uses it anymore, I'm like, um, I'm sorry, can we look at the last few years? 
if you haven't started recognizing mm-hmm. how crazy things, I mean, I can't even think of examples, but how many times have you re- agreed with a Republican in the last year? Yeah. Because I know I have a number of times. They suddenly go, oh, that's effed up. And I'm like, wait a minute, you said that? You're, <laughs> yeah. Wait, we're on the same side? This is, yeah. But, you know, the pot has been, I mean... It's as if, you know, like a, bo- a slow boiling pot. You know, Clinton gets elected in 92, right. which uh, blows everyone blows the Republicans' minds because they think that Bush Sr. will be elected, you know, again. Right, right. And then we have Newt Gingrich and the contract with America. That was the midterms in 94. And then Clinton gets elected again in 96, which blows a lot of Republicans' minds. And then the pot gets a little hotter. And then you have John Boehner, you know, taking over in, I think, 98, and then you have uh, Bush, and of course that whole you know com- that mm-hmm. whole controversy uh, with his not winning the election, winning the election, and the shenanigans in Florida. And then you have the Swift votes veterans, you know, attacking Kerry in two thousand and four, and then Barack Obama's election, and then the Republicans, you know. So I've, I've seen this pot getting hotter and hotter and hotter until it's a crescendo. I mean, the water's spilling out now, so I have no idea when the pot will cool down. Mm-hmm. With that. Origin story, <laughs> Lewis Schilling. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Long Beach, California. Yeah. Siblings? Raised down there. Hmm? Raised there? Yes, raised there. Mm-hmm. Lived there until I was maybe 28. Oh, oh okay. Um, siblings? A brother and a sister. Okay. Are you the oldest, youngest? I'm in the middle. All right. Older brother, younger sister. Oh. Got it, got it. Um, were they you still the- live down there. <laughs> oh, they're Do still they? there? Yeah. <laughs> I have a brother who still lives in L.A. Yeah. Um, were you involved in theater when you were young? I was, yeah. So the high school my, stuff? and High school, even before then. Oh, when? When? Uh, when did you um, start? I, my first show was in third grade. I played Soda Pop <laughs> in a play about dental awareness. Oh. All right. So, so you, like a public you were the villain. I was the villain. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, it's really, really cool. But it's, did, now, did the did the theater bug bite you? I mean, did you enjoy the experience? And did you yes. think that this was... Well, it didn't start actually until uh, sixth grade when oh. I played Aesop in Aesop Man of Fables. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it just took off from there. Cool. I did lots of um, Parks and Rec uh, drama club things Okay. Mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. Back when they used to have stuff like that? Yeah. Sponsored by Parks and Recs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I did some of that, yeah. Okay. I know in D.C. they had a program called SYEP, Student Youth Employment Program. They would have these street theater things uh-huh. in the summertime to keep us kids involved and engaged. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if they had that in California. But it's uh, We had summer programs. Um, they, would, you know, they would do everything. So you could do theater or you could do you know, music or just games, I mean, or art or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Did you go to college? Yes, theater? I did. Theater? I started as a business major, and then I thought, um, no, theater's more fun, <laughs> and I get more out of it. Yeah. So that's what my degree is in, and that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know from previous conversations with you, I think you're an accountant. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And so, so I went back to the business. I started as an accounting major. Yeah. Went back to that in real life after graduation. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's steady. Paying the bills. (laughs) It's steady employment. I mean, I went out with a lady friend who was also in accounting, and Mm -hmm. you can never 
lose right. a job or not not have a job. And these days you can work anywhere. Right, exactly. Even in the district attorney's office, we have like what we call forensic accounting, where you mm -hmm. find the loss, you, know, mm -hmm. you find the theft. Right. So there's a business for that as well. Damn. Um, yeah. Um, now, when you were in, when you studied theater, I'm always interested in technique. Did you learn technique like Stanislavski and beats and things like that? Yeah, in the theater classes in college. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you have like a particular, um, I don't know, a method that you learned or whatever or that you that still you hold on? That you fell in love with? Yeah. No, I kind of made my own thing. Oh, yeah? Oh, say <laughs> more about you. this. Yeah. We've had this running debate among people, you know, because some have had horrible experiences doing th learning theater in school where, let's say, a teacher will just break you down and say, hey, everything you've learned is crap, you know, just throw it all out. And they try to whatever, or, you know, let's say the method is sort of like, it's almost like a religion, you know, like this is the way and there is no other way. So have you had bad or good ex experiences or you basically just do your own thing? Yeah, I do it from the heart. Yeah, good for you. Um, no, I haven't had bad experiences that way. I've had bad experiences with directors. Oh, have you? Yeah. Well, we we can get into that as well because you know mm -hmm. they're, they're, I've always felt there's some directors who should not be directors. You know, well, bad, and some you, bad if you're a smart actor, you end up learning um, how to navigate that. Yeah, you know, I exactly. I, I remember. You make a choice as an actor. The director says, no, don't move on that line. You're like, mm, okay. <laughs> and then you find creative ways to kind of move on that line the way you wanted to, but don't piss off the director. Exactly. Right, exactly. And you and I, Norman, we've talked about the role of a director. You have a vision, but you also have to know who your actors are to, in order to communicate with them, to get their to get your point across without mm -hmm. stopping them, stopping their, their flow of creativity. So, uh, what, um, well, what was your first, well, how did you get to the Bay? I moved here in 83. Okay. Because ah. uh, my life in LA was kind of on a downward, downward spiral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to change things up, clean up my life. Mm -hmm. Moved here, um, didn't get back into theater until I was asked to do a supernumerating in the opera yeah, in yeah. 19, no, eight, 1989. Uh -huh. I did that for several years. And uh, through, the uh, SF? Yes. Oh, nice. SF opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that reintroduced me to the theater mm -hmm. uh, aspect. And from there, I was asked to do audition for a play mm -hmm. in 96 okay, at Mills College. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, what? It was um, The Whitlings. Ah, uh-huh. It was horrible. Ah, <laughs> it was I, about I four hours long. Ouch. <laughs> Whitlings. Is it a, like a restoration play yeah, or something? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. A four-hour huh. play? They yeah, break, yeah. They obviously had to well, like a week They used to have dinner breaks back, <laughs> back in the day. They used to, you have a dinner break uh -huh. at the middle, in the middle of the show and then come back. Huh. About a week before opening, I told the director, we have to make some cuts. So I... <laughs> <laughs> Went through the script and I said, "Let's cut this." this. Yeah. He was like, oh, "Okay." So it ended up about three hours long. Oh, okay. But mm. good for you. <laughs> Were you the only actor that stepped up and said, "Hey, we need some yeah. cuts." Okay. <laughs> so you need one actor to, you know, to sort of step in the fray. Well, one Crazy. smart actor. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. So, um, okay. So that so the opera was the thing that got you to the bay. Um, not, uh, got yeah. to, got me back in theater. Oh, got you back in theater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, obviously, the Bay has been your home. And um, 
Well, what sort of, uh, I mean, you've talked about that, but what other, I guess, bad experiences have you had with um, directors? I mean, have you had, you mentioned that performance. I mean, have you had uh, other just run-ins? I mean, with with directors, I mean, because we've had conversations about uh, how the role between the actor and director and how you communicate and, you know, some are really wonderful uh, collaborations and some are just, you know, really, really bad. We sometimes have to just ignore the director and just do your own thing. But um, have you... The thing I hate about directors is the um, when they give you line readings. Uh, right. Yeah. I've had a director recently who would give every single line to every actor. Yeah. Say it like this. Mm-hmm. Do it like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and of course, we, we're not in the mind of the director. We're like, okay, well, you obviously know your motivation, director, mm-hmm. as to why I'm doing this. Right. Thing, but where's no, mine? I mean, that's, even in the rehearsals we're doing now, the director will say, no, that's the operative word. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Operative word. Learned that in school. I know, I know and now I can make a choice, but mm-hmm. I understand where you're asking me to go. Right, right As exactly. opposed to just... Repeat after me. Yeah. And you had mentioned something interesting, Norman, about how a smart actor will know how to navigate all that. None of that's taught in school. Well, that's what I was curious about. When you you first said, you know, that you hate, you know, directors that, you know, you have to kind of work around. And I'm curious, what what are the, or no, it was actually when we're talking about training, that you said you learned that stuff, but then you kind of found your own way. What are some things that you found that you've? feel work for you when you're on stage just gut feeling you yeah know? this is is this working is this, is this how does this feel mm-hmm. do i get chills ah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, but i will give you a compliment lewis i mean uh we just finished doing it's only a play well not just finished we, well and i want to yeah definitely want to hear more about yeah this because uh you know when i first got the play i said okay so these are some aristocratic people and you know we're I had a hard time finding the humor. It's a playwright humor. with it's, a show it, that's about to open? Is on that Broadway, yeah. But it's basically, it's almost an autobiography of McNally. <laughs> I no, was working he was my busy ass doing off It's one of those Two things. Oh, it's he... like every actor says, hey, you need to come to my show. Well, wait a minute. you got to come to mine. Yeah. <laughs> We're running at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in any case, all of us had our own little bits. And boy, you you may not have had as many lines as some of some of the others, but... You, what you did with those lines were just, you know, just fantastic. I'm still laughing at, you know, like, well, that's a little dig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you played uh, Ira, who was the critic. And, um, but, you know, you just found, I guess the question I have for you, not only to compliment you on, you, on your work for that, but um, do you enjoy comedy? Do you do in drama? I mean, what type of theater do you like yourself? I like it all. Yeah. But going back to Ira, I yes. had a I had a, a massage yesterday uh-huh. at the Nordstrom Spa. My masseuse came to see uh, it's only a play. Oh, nice! Yeah. She told me the play was funny, and you were exactly like your character in real life. Uh huh. And it was I thought, ooh. <laughs> I would not agree with that. <laughs> I hope not. I, don't, I wouldn't know you personally, but I mean, you know, Ira sort of. I mean, these were exaggerated characters. Yeah. However, it may be Who seen as Ira. A Ira was the critic. Basically, he's a critic oh, who crashes the party that nobody, nobody likes. likes. Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. <laughs> because he tells it like it is, you know, uh, on uh, on paper. He gets but, beat up. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a line that. Um, oh, who's the actor? Um, 
Uh, somebody kicks you. Um, mm. Oh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Off stage. But it's, it's all hyper-drawn or whatever. But I think what your masseuse is trying to say, and it was something that I think Ronnie was saying to me, is that my character seems so much like me, like I've made it so natural that it feels he couldn't tell the difference between Peter and Reg or, let's say, Ira and Lewis. And I've always felt as an actor, that's what you sort of want. You want to make it yeah. so real yeah. that... It is, you know, obviously I'm not, it's not like I'm, you know, um, being lazy and I'm not, I'm not even creating a character, Peter. I'm just being Reg Clay on stage. Now, I want it to be so real that I feel that I am becoming a part of my character as a person so that it feels real on stage. I mean, don't you agree with that? Yes. You, your character was, I mean, your performance was the most real of all of us. Yeah. Wow. And I think, and I think was, the character was drawn that way. I mean, it was yeah. written yeah. that way. Yeah. And when we uh, first rehearsal, yeah. the director said, "This is we want real realness, uh, no superficiality." Yeah. And, but I had to go there with Ira. Yeah. We sort I, of had to. I mean, the lines are just there. I mean, you know, it's just yeah. you know, like you're there's this wonderful fun bit where you know you're you're reading the reviews. And then, you, you know, the reviewer is talking about he's making criticisms of Ira Drew. Ben Brantley is sort of dishing on Ira Drew. Mm-hmm. And you're making these, you know, well, that's really, and then the most this, this, and this, and that. So, you know, sometimes the script will take you to a place where it can't be natural. It just mm-hmm. can't yeah. be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like a wild farce, or it's, it becomes satirical. Mm. But you can make that satire real. You can make those you know, beats or objectives. Mm-hmm. You could take that character where there are times in my own personal life where I feel I'm in a satire, I'm in a farce. Like I'm like, oh my God, I'm mm-hmm. late for the Amtrak train. I got to run. Right. So I'm scurrying to, to go there. Wait a minute, where are my keys? I got to run back in right. and mm-hmm. do that. So, and you so, feel like you're a comic <laughs> character. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and if it were on stage. So there are ways to make it as natural as possible. And, that, and I think that's part of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Did you, you look- guys have any juicy moments on stage? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I've, uh, there's one line where I'm like, you know, fortunately for me, my parents did not take your advice and th- smother me in my crib. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like giving you a disrespect, something that Red right. Clay would never do. <laughs> and I say, I'm very glad they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> really? And we shake hands. <laughs> What, this is a peace moment? Damn. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's rather odd, and it's one of those things where I had to find something on stage, something that I didn't find in the rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, th- that's where the beat is, where I could be satiricals and like, you know, sort of like gr- what they call grit. You ever heard that slang term? What's that? Don't be gritting on me. No, I've never. <laughs> I think that's a black slang. Maybe it's southern black slang where it's like, you know, what you, why are you gritting? It's like basically you're huh. basically disrespecting someone and, you know. Wow, no. I've but in any case, I felt like I was sort of gritting on you. But, you know, that's where, sort of where the, the – but as far as the question is concerned, I mean, do you find – are you the type of actor that will still look for things, look for little moments or still – are in the discovery process even while you're performing. Oh, always. Yeah. And yeah, I think th- from the opening night to closing, all of us grew exponentially. I think so. Yeah. I really do think so. And I, and I think it's important. It's, it's one of those things. And we all found little things <laughs> during the brunch. Yeah. What I was going to ask you is, it sounds like Katina has worked with you before. How, did, how were you involved in Alterina prior to this? I did um, The Clean House. Oh, Sarah nice. Rule. Yeah, um, yeah. 
three years ago, the same time as our show, three years prior. Uh-huh. And then before that, I did uh, the, the First Supper, which mm-hmm. was an original play, uh, very political-oriented, and okay. it was about two families, the son and daughter, from different... Uh, I was the rich father. Okay. The son was from the rural south or whatever. Mm. They met at college and had this miracle baby. Oh, I see. <laughs> they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard the two families meeting for the first time. Ah, interesting. And then obviously chaos ensues. But I met Katina doing uh, leading ladies at the Douglas Morrison. She was the assistant director. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a DMT thing. I've got to ask. Who was that under? Leading? Who do you remember? Who directed or who was Uh, in the spot? John. John. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. um, Yeah, I've only done a couple of. come to me yeah 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 but uh yeah but uh i didn't realize that katina even when i did one in the shade i do remember a customer telling me you're wearing the wrong pants <laughs> and i had to realize it was katina <laughs> so um, oh yeah but a uh, small world it's it's a very very yeah, small world it is um what at another theater you're saying no at the douglas morrison oh so in other words i worked with katina even before i even knew it i didn't That's recognize yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah okay yeah um what um, have you had any? I don't know memorable roles that you've had here in the Bay Area that uh, I don't know that was a highlight. I guess of your oh career. lately, I mean the past uh, ten years, I've had lots of very good. Uh, I yeah. I'm, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it sounds like you're you're enjoying your role right now, Murder on the Nile. Um, have you had a lot of fun doing that? Yes, uh, it's a. Agatha Christie wrote the play, mm-hmm. but she took out the Hercule Perot character because she didn't want him on stage. Huh, interesting. So my character is a combination of Hercule Perot and mm-hmm. the guardian of the murder victim. Interesting. So, uh, and I get to—I'm a uh, suspect, mm-hmm. but I also figure out mm-hmm. who did it at the end. Very nice. So you're sort of the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very good. It sounds like theater, the Bay Area theater, has treated you very well. I mean, are you? Do you feel frustrated as an actor? Do you want to venture out and to do other things, or are you very satisfied with where you're at right now? Well, I, growing up, I always dreamed of doing Broadway or yeah. getting the Oscar. But I've sort of let go of that. I'm content to do regional theater, okay, community theater. Um, it fulfills me. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you do you consider yourself? We've had these debates, uh, Norman and I. The working actor. What is the working actor? Do you have to be equity, and do you have to make a certain amount of money, or can you really consider yourself a professional actor, even if you have a day job and if you're doing, you know, doing whatever? Um, do you? Um, I don't debate that. That's <laughs> not what I debate. <laughs> but um, I mean, are you? It's, it sounds like you are satisfied as an actor. I mean, would would you consider yourself a working actor? Um, I wouldn't consider making a living as it at yeah. it, but um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like uh, that. Yeah, I like I like that distinction because <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mm-hmm. like I hate the term professional. What is what does that mean? Yeah. If if you want to say it's you get paid or you don't get paid, well, that's an economic thing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of talent, 
I've worked with plenty of people who are not equity who are amazing. Exactly. And, and I've worked with was... plenty of equity actors who suck, but they apparently keep paying their dues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's exactly right, because there are some really, really talented actors um, who we probably would never know about, but, you know, if, unless we go to a particular um, theater or so. Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked, have you ever done film or television? No. Maybe not yet. <laughs> I did a couple of commercials back in the day. Ah. But, no. Yeah. People are, uh, are thinking about that, or even YouTube um, channels and, and things like that. Like, I've done a couple of auditions. Like, I got a notice a couple of days ago saying, hey, you know, uh, send us your video. And that's sort of become the new trend, especially with COVID-19, these yep. uh, video auditions. Have you ever done any of those? Yes. Okay. That's how I got the part in... Murder on the Nile. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How do, do you, you like it? <laughs> I like it. Do you? Yeah. So you enjoy that rather than actually coming in person and yeah. doing? I, th- I did go to the final callback yeah. in mm-hmm. person, but the initial uh, audition was a video. Okay. I, I am still so uncomfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of on the fence because, I mean, I got It's Only a Play by doing a video thing with Katina. You know, she saw mm-hmm. me doing it and I you know, did a cold read of the monologue and, you know, I got cast. But there's still something about appearing in person and the energy that you get from, you know, let's say doing your your monologue. And um, and we've had some debuts about it, uh, Norman, you know, where someone could do a, a real nice polished monologue but still be crappy on stage. Yeah, because. no, you can, <laughs> you can pay a lot of money and get a coach and, and a videographer and you can look fantastic. Right. But there's something about a cold read where you come in and you work with an actress that actor or actress that you've never worked with before just to get the vibe to see, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So. And I'd rather do um, cold reads mm-hmm. at an audition rather than do a monologue. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm a little on both. I mean, there's some prepared monologues that, you know, that I've really worked, especially if I want to be seen as something else. There there have been times where I will do, uh, let's say, the same old monologue and people will only see me, let's say directors or artistic directors will only see me, Reg Clay, as this type of an actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I want to be seen as something else. But it's up to me. Maybe I need to pull out a monologue which will show a different side of me mm-hmm. so that I can be cast in other things. Right. I mean, do you think about that, Norman, when you, uh, do you think about maybe I need to change my, or are you happy with how other people see you as an no, actor? No, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying a period of my career where I am bewildered by the roles that I am offered. Um, and I don't have a fucking clue mm-hmm. how to make that character come to life, except for all the tools that I have as an, you know, as mm-hmm. an actor, as a, somebody with experience. Um, I bring those tools to bear. I try to trust that they cast me for some reason. And then, like, I got notes yesterday. And she said, I love what you're doing. I play uh, Sheriff. I play the father of the, the uh, a more, um, oh, what's the term? Um, upper class. Um, I play the father of an upper class character who's mm-hmm. married the sister of the main character. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, just coming at that, and the director's like, "I love what you're doing with that." And I'm like, oh, "What did I do? I don't have a clue." <laughs> right, right. So right. no, I. And so <clears throat> more and more, I'm just kind of going, "Am I the right age?" 
let me audition for this and let me see if they're interested in using me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kind of given up on having... And every time I think I know what the character is and I go at it, the role I'm going to do, I'm going to do a show at San Jose Stage. Um, start rehearsal in a couple of weeks, three weeks. And I'm playing a character who I would compare to Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. That's the actor who I would see doing this. Wow. I don't see myself as Ed Asner uh-huh. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to see what I can do because I realize, as soon as I say that, I realize what's, what's been working for me in these years is mm-hmm. I go back to that truth, that gut feeling you were talking about. What do I feel? What works for me? So I realized I love Ed Asner mm-hmm. because I remember him how much I was in love with him on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And then I saw all his older stuff, and then I saw the stuff he did after that. Yeah. So I know him as an actor. Yeah. I know what he brings to the role, and I know there's always that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So he can be kind of crusty, kind of yeah, the character, but also the foundation. I mean, he's sort of the the rock that everyone right. He's also that, and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I can be those things, and I'm a bit of a curmudgeon these days. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's enough, and then maybe I will lean. I, maybe I will give free reign to the curmudgeon. Where normally in polite society, I'm kind of reining them in. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, no, go, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Louis, do you think about that? Do you say, well, you know, are, because directors, people who know you, who, who cast you, may only see you as this type of an actor, or maybe try to, do you ever worry about being um, put into a box, being pigeonholed as only one type of an actor? No. Okay. I always uh, break out of the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show them, well, I'll try, let me try it this way, mm-hmm. you know, and make it my own. Yeah. If a director lets you to, let you. Yeah. <laughs> And they, right, and then otherwise you've got to sneak. <laughs> right, exactly. So where do you see, I think I know the answer to this already, where do you see yourself in the future? It sounds like you're just content with where you are. but Yeah, that's probably sad. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything sad about it. I mean, I remember coming here in the Bay Area in 1997, and the only thing I wanted was stability because I had been working with a lot of temp agencies that I didn't have, you know, um, the benefits, health and dental benefits, all I wanted was just not to move around and just to be in one spot. And, you know, I found that. So I think probably as, as actors, you know, we want an area that will recognize us as who we are, who will give us the roles that we want. Mm-hmm. And as long as we have that, it's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, the, at the end, toward the end of each show, it's like, um, what's my next show going to be? Right. Am I ever going to work in this town again? Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's that. But... I've been lucky. I've I've always managed to uh, get good parts. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a testament of how how good an actor you are and and how solid. I mean, you can really tell someone who has good techniques who you know who knows how to just. I think there's a. I'm not going to say a talent, but I think there's a regimen of how to properly use the the uh, the rehearsal process to quickly get off book to connect with your actors to really really work i think a lot of young actors they don't know really how to do that they're like well let me just wait into and and see what the director tells me you know director didn't tell me talk to me anything he didn't give me any direction okay so fine i'm i'm okay as if i don't have to do any work at all and you know sometimes that can be an issue um but i think um no no that that i think that totally makes sense uh do we want to wrap it up uh birthdays 
I, I'm still working through my <laughs> list, but I will give you what I got. Yeah. Uh, today is Michelle Talgaro's birthday, um, and it's you know, if I were like you, I would actually do my homework, and I'd know she's directing a show that's up right now. Uh-huh. Uh, it might be the show that's at um, Shotgun. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, uh, we are SFSU alums, so that's how I know her. Um, Regina Moronis uh, was, I did As You Like It with uh, San Francisco Shakes a couple, few summers ago before the lockdown. Is she the sister of Carolina? Carolina is playing my daughter? No. Yes. Carolina is playing my daughter-in-law wow. in the reading that I'm doing right now. Regina's, so Regina's birthday is today, and she is a new mom, two-month-old. Right on. Uh, Kamika Hartford. It's so weird when you've known people for a while, because I will always think of Kamika as this young woman uh, actress, but it's been probably 20 years. Uh, Bob Webb is somebody I've known for a long time as a stage manager, as a model in the art world, and um, as a buto performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and his birthday is, I believe, today. Um, then we rest of the week. Tim Juni, uh, G- G- I always mess up his last name. Um, Tim is a puppet master, but he loves puppeting from found objects. And he loves doing the more sort of Avenue Q kind of adult versions of stuff. This is not kids' puppet theater. Uh, Lucinda hitchcock Cone. I got to do Tartuffe with um, in Sacramento many years ago. And when I walked in, the respect, the level of respect that everybody paid her was really surprising to me because I had never heard of her. Um, and then when we actually got the show up on its feet, I saw why. She is amazing. Mm. Uh, Lisa Ramirez, speaking of amazing actors in the Bay Area, Lisa uh, was in Water by the Spoonful that I did earlier this year with the San Francisco Playhouse and um, is directing a piece right now for the... Oakland Theater Project okay. here in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's an amazing actress. Um, Michael Lopez, uh, somebody that I got to meet when I was, when there was a company called Thick Description in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we got to work together a number of times, then he moved to New York. Mm. Uh, Eric Aviles is somebody I met through Each One Reach One. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went to Chicago and he has been doing. He's also uh, very active in the community and an activist, and so he does very political theater, solo work in political theater, and he's doing that now in you know in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Michael Ray Wisely and I have only I think worked together once, and that was way back in the day. We did the Scottish play at San Jose Stage. Mm-hmm. Um, he and he was another one of those where I was a young actor. Everybody seemed to be looking to this guy. And he was just, he was powerful. He was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife just passed, Wendy, oh. just passed uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely send a lot of love out to him. But his mm-hmm. birthday is the day before mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Talbot uh, is a wonderful director. She's part of Playground right now. That's what we do. But I see her name all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Anika Bergman. When we did As You Like It with the SF Shakes, uh, we had somebody playing uh, Phoebe. Okay. And our Phoebe uh, had to leave before the end of the summer. So her understudy got to go on for five shows. Her name is Anika Bergman. And it was so fun to watch somebody else take over a role. It's sort of like if you remember the old Bewitch show when Darren suddenly <laughs> got switched. Oh, yeah. Uh, you just sort of, you, it's like you're not a bad actor. 
you're just different. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I think Anika was surprised how much the cast loved her and lifted her up in that mm-hmm. role. And she was wonderful. She was fantastic. Somebody else from that show, Akina Ghosh. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that name played yeah. Silvius, the lover, the wannabe lover of Phoebe, mm-hmm. and broke everybody's heart every show. And I hated it because I had to come on and sing a song right after her scene. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Really? <laughs> that just, I hated that. But um, I hated it because she was just so good. Yeah. And she's gone back to New York uh, to do training. She's in a graduate program now. Nice. Christopher Robin McGee, I can't believe that his name is actually Christopher Robin, but sure, mm-hmm. um, is a wonderful Bay Area actor who yeah. I think our paths have only crossed as teaching artists. We've never... Her parents was, her, his parents was obviously a Pooh fan. Pooh fan, right, exactly. And uh, then I had L. Peter Callender, and uh-huh. I never forget that Peter's birthday comes because it's my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more, Ryan Montgomery, a wonderful actor, and... Also, uh, really good with his hands, so he does con- set construction, and last time I checked, was doing framing So and mm-hmm. builds. He's uh, beautiful stuff. Like He's the kind of guy who will give you a door that looks like, mm. you know, it's just a piece of art. It, nice. You know, Very wonderful, nice. wonderful stuff. A uh, couple more. Nina Handler, um, wonderful Bay Area producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to leave that one for you because I know you will have it. Um and my last two, yep, are Carolyn, nope, I was skipping that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Casey Jones Bastions um, is somebody I got to do a couple of shows with at the Willows Theater in Concord, which no longer exists. Um, oh, the but, Willows. Yeah, yeah, we met on um, uh, Once Upon this Island. Once yeah. on this island, that's yeah. what it is. Once mm. on this island. Um, and we just bumped into each other. She came up to Point Richmond to uh-huh. see. We bumped into each other at the Maskers show. So very nice. That was cool. Those are mine for the week. Yeah, the Willows. When I think of the Willows, I think of the Texas Chainsaw Musical. I was supposed to stage manage to get a big paycheck <clears throat> until they were like, "Oh no, we're not doing that." So you know, I was like, "Ah," oh. but that's okay. Um, yeah, and then they disappeared, and now it's a fitness gym. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Willows. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one current event I did not bring up, and it deals with theater, there have been lots of theater closings on Broadway, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, oh, right, but that's after years. Yeah, exactly, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dear Evan Hansen, Come I Away. I think some people probably did. Come From Away, Tina, the musical on Tina Turner, the music band, which has Hugh Jackman, so there's something going on. It's not just Bay Area theaters that are closing down, but... Broadway productions. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they, basically, the article says they would usually get thirty-three million a week in sales. Mm-hmm. That was in May. It's gone down to twenty million in September. People just aren't coming to the theaters anymore, or yeah. not just traveling. So, well, it's it's going to be a big change. Yeah, yeah, very I mean, much that's, so. That's just the way it is. So, birthdays. Uh, Tracy Jenkins. Uh, she and I graduated from Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Uh, she was Miss. Washington, D.C. in 1986 or 87. So um, model, actress, uh, absolutely fierce. Her birthday was on the 6th. So happy birthday, Tracy. Uh, Cassandra Henry, another uh, lady that graduated from Duke Ellington, a great actress. She Her birthday is August, October the 6th. Uh, October the 9th, Troy Johnson. So I was in a play at uh, Pear Theater. And he was a magnificent director at the Pear Theater. And he uh, sort of, he's one of these guys, he doesn't just direct, but he paints and he builds and he does a little bit of everything. 
Uh, he's sort of the mover and shaker at the pair. So, Troy, happy birthday to you. His birthday is October the 9th. Mm. Uh, Greta Stimson, I remember working with her. We did The Marriage of Bet and Boo. I'm looking at that poster right there on my wall. Uh, that was back in 2001. Our opening night was September 11th. No, I'm sorry. Our, our first rehearsal was September the 11th. Ah! Obviously, we had to cancel mm. that. Yeah. Uh, people people needed to laugh during that time, so I'm so glad we did The Marriage of Bet and Boo, and her birthday is So October you didn't cancel the run, just that, that show? We, that well, we didn't cancel. Yeah, we canceled the rehearsal, that rehearsal. Oh, rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, Davern Wright, he is another great actor. I've worked with him at Bindlestiff, mm-hmm. and he's done some work at the Douglas Morrison Theater as well. Um, I have no idea where he is these days. Uh, that His birthday is October the 9th. Maya Herbsman, I think you saved yeah. that one for me. <laughs> she is a fantastic intimacy coordinator, intimacy mm-hmm. um, director. And lots of theater companies have used her, and we've had her on. That was a wonderful episode that we had where Maya talked about the need for intimacy direction yeah, and um, the need to just check in with the actor and make sure that there's a safe environment that for people to work in. It's funny, the show that I just did, um, yeah. uh, compared to what? Yeah. I was sitting behind people, and they were reading in the program, Fight and Intimacy Coordinator. <laughs> I heard them read this out loud, and I was like, Yes. Yeah. Oh, did she work on Compared to What? She did not. Um, uh, Jake. Jake was. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. But she emphasizes the need for it. I think she's, yeah. she's a pioneer. Yeah, Maya she is. is. Very much. Um, a good friend of mine, Ara Zeitz, another one who graduated from Duke Ellington. He, was a, uh, he graduated the fourth year. He was a fourth-year senior. I was a three-year senior. Great, talented actor, uh, comedian. and Wait a minute. Uh, How can you be a three-year senior? <laughs> well, he came in three years. I came in in the 10th grade. Oh, okay. Got yeah, you. my ninth grade was junior high. I thought you were saying they just said, <laughs> oh, no, we're skipping you a year. Right, exactly. Also, another Ellingtonite, uh, Elizabeth Croydon. Uh, she is a, a wonderful comedian. She's uh, touring the comedy circuit right now. Happy birthday, Elizabeth. October the 12th is her birthday. Also, uh, yeah, she's there twice. Uh, Erica Gagne, she's another one, Ellingtonite. I have a lot of Ellingtonites. And there's another guy, some dude named Norman G. I have you know, no idea what he's doing that these days. guy. <laughs> I've heard of that guy. Watch out for that guy. Exactly. He's always after money. Uh, October the 13th. Carolyn Doyle, I think you saved that one for I me. I did say, almost. <laughs> a wonderful actress at X Eastender, and uh, we've been on stage many, many, many times. Even uh, I remember her even before that. I had such a crush on her when I first saw her. <laughs> yeah, no, she's wonderful. And really, I mean, when she came on our episode and just talked very intimately about being an older actor, being right. from, from being the ingenue to the older woman and how women deal with age right coming back from parenting and right exactly something that us men really don't i mean I don't, do you even think about age when you as you become well, an when i was a kid i would always get rejected because i was i couldn't look old enough uh-huh <laughs> now now i'm too old <laughs> to play oh! the younger parts but you know no romeo in your future no 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 damn yeah not anymore but now i can play king arthur if they ever have a black King Arthur. <laughs> well, shit. Wendell Pierce, we got a black um, um, Willie Loman. Yeah, hey, th- that's right. I forgot about that. That is, that's yeah. right now. And that's, um, that was on NPR, featured it at the, uh, yesterday on the end of the program. Yeah. They did a whole thing about Death of a Salesman with an all-black family. Yeah. T- changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, shows. Um, I've got 
you know, this show tonight, uh, home, it's, um, we're actually doing it as a fundraiser for the American Bookbinders Museum. Mm-hmm. It's through the Yerba wow. Buena, um, um, guard, Yerba Buena, what is it, something for the arts center. I, I forget their name. I always do. Anyway, um, so technically it's free, but any money that people want to throw down and, um, if you are my Facebook friend, you can find it or you can look it up on Facebook. I, I think I made it a public thing. So that's tonight, 7 o'clock. Um, Monday is the Monday Night Playground, also yep. 7 o'clock. Uh, that'll be at the Freight and Savage. But if you get a ticket online, you can stream it. You can either come or you can stream it. Um, and you'll see b- six brand new plays by up-and-coming writers. And it's been... An exciting process as we go into a new season. We're starting off a whole new season. So um, I've loved checking in with some new writers and new actors. And and I'm going to be happy about that. And then I don't know what other shows are going on right now. <laughs> well, well, there's... Oh, the Central Works show is opening next weekend, right? Uh, oh, you're talking about the... Um, the let me, let me scroll, scroll to it. Uh, oh, did I delete it? The museum. museum. Museum piece, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think that's about to open. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, Murder on the Nile, that's happening at uh, uh, <laughs> Coastal Rep. Yay. Closes, is it? The, the 23rd. The 23rd, October. There's the- no uh, performances next weekend because of the Half Moon Bay Pumpkin Festival. Oh, okay. Oh, so we're, those pumpkins. we have this weekend and then two weekends from now. Nice, nice. So there's that. Uh, Clybourne Park is happening at the Hillbarn Theater. Uh, it opens uh, October the 13th. It closes the 30th. Anju Ippolite yep. is in that. I thought she was out of town. I didn't know she was back in town. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, Custom Made Theater is doing Zach and Shaw or Jesus in a Body Bag, written by Jeffrey Lowe. Hey! <laughs> uh, that show closes October the 16th. Mr. Lowe. So check out Custom Made. He's always doing something. I mean, Jeffrey, yeah, he just he stayed just, busy. Yep. He's incredibly prolific and very uh, popular playwright. Yep, yep. yep. Um, West Valley Light Opera is doing Something Rotten. And that will be opening November the 5th through the December the 3rd. Mm-hmm. Melissa Mambuis, who's been on the show, she is in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas in Oz, we've been pushing that because Danny Martin is having his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. That'll be December the 1st through the 18th. Uh, Central Works, The Women's Attic. Yes. That will be, uh, that opens October the 15th, closes November the 13th. Elizabeth Carter is directing that. Yep. Uh, Lear is gone, so I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> oh, did Lear finish? Uh, I think so. Oh. The last show was uh, on October the 2nd. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I remember um, I was having a uh, conversation online with Michael Ashbery. Right. Who talked about his, uh, his, uh, his experience on the show. And I was watching um, Monday Night Football. Uh-huh. Got to see a commercial. Michael Ashbury was on there. He's making some money. <laughs> oh, nice. It was a car commercial. I think yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, His career is going very Toyota. nice right now. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, I try not to be jealous. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, the play that goes wrong, San Jose Stage, they're doing that. It closes October the 16th. Um, I think that is postponed. Oh, no. I'm, I'm pretty, so sorty to hear about I'm that. I heard sure. some rumors about that, but I, I, I guess it's official. Uh, well, I talked to somebody again last Saturday yeah. about it, and so the official word is that it's been postponed. Ah, John Tracy was in it. Uh, he directed it. He directed it. it, yeah. Michael, uh, Michael 
Austin, Michael Barrett Austin Michael was in Barrett it. Michael Barrett Austin. Castle, yeah. Cassidy Jamal Veron was in it. So, yep. Gypsy, 42nd Street Moon, is uh, they're about to, um, um, they're in rehearsals right now, but that'll open November the 3rd through the 14th. Mm-hmm. Mauro Sotelo is in that. Ah. Um, Man of God is Gone. Camelot. Uh, that The last show will be tomorrow. And ah. Jamie Shrub is in that. Uh-huh. Uh, the Spelling Bee. Uh, Stephen McLeod is having his directorial debut, so that'll be November the 4th through the nice. 20th. Also, Bindlestiff is having Stories High. Stories yeah. High 22? 20... Yes, 22. That'll be... Um, well, it opened September the 29th, and it closes the 8th tonight. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. It's been going on for a while. So if you're listening to this... Tonight's the last night, <laughs> but Get we all there now. We always want to push stories high. I talked with Alan Manalo uh, earlier right, today, yeah. so we're hoping to have him and his wife on. Oh, I gotta get um um, who did you have to um to interview with him? Uh, Mike. Dorado. Dorado. Yeah. I got to see if I can get Mike in for the reading that we're doing in November. Oh, the Baldwin Project. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be pushing the Baldwin Project as well. So we yeah. want to, do we have dates for that? Or we'll uh, it's wait. just the 7th. Uh, November 7th, we're just doing one read. It's part of a whole showcase of incubator companies with a Playground. Mm-hmm. So these are all new works. Um, and we are opening the whole showcase with the one night of um, Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, that'll preview. be awesome. They also need to do the Baldwin Project again. But Q can't do it, so I'm going to see if I can get Dorado. Oh, okay. So there are three podcasts we want to push. Uh, Barry Graves, The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara, her day job is KCBS Radio. She has Connect the Dots, a weekly news podcast. And Bindlestiff Studios has The Fobcast, so check that out. Mm-hmm. We have jerseys. We have black jerseys again. Yeah. We, uh, Jeannie bought one and looked good in hers. Yep. <laughs> So we uh, have that. That's $30 if you want to uh, support the yay. Uh, and that is it. Louis, did you have a good time? I did. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I definitely wanted to get you on. And uh, You've been you know, talking about it for a while. So, yeah. Exactly. There, you know, there are people I have on my hit list. You know, it's like I've got to get them on. I've got to get them on. And uh, we want to push great actors who have mm-hmm. great performances who people may not know about so mm-hmm. all righty so we're on all podcast apps we're on spotify we're on overcast um as a matter of fact amazon is starting their own podcast thing so i'm working hard to get on the amazon podcast uh, app uh-huh. <laughs> so hey, everyone's hey, doing hey. the podcast thing so and of course we're on soundcloud if you're an android user the a was created by theater people for theater people if you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself let us know. Hit us up. We're at the Yay 3. I'm at Red Space Clay. I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Lewis, is there social media that people can I find don't you? do social media. Do you have a Facebook? No. Do you have a website? No. Website? No. no, no None no, of that. No, no. Okay. So if Sorry. they want to find you, how do they find you? Uh, Ludrea, L-O-U-D-R-E-A, at Comcast.net. Okay. All right. So, directors, if you're looking for a fantastic actor... Um, you can't go wrong with Lewis Schilling. Yay. So there you go. All righty. It's a wonderful Saturday morning. You got a rehearsal. I got to You go. have a show yeah. I think you have a, that you're I doing. I do. <laughs> so that is it. Thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say, we, we got to find, find a better, better sign off. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>